This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Welcome in to the Diamond Vols podcast on GoVols247.com. I am Ben McKee, joined by former Tennessee pitcher Will Heflin. The great Wes Rucker is celebrating his anniversary with a wonderful round of golf with an even more wonderful person by his side, and that is his beautiful wife, Lauren. So happy anniversary to, to Wes and Lauren. And, uh, Will's going to fill in for Wes once again uh, while Wes celebrates his anniversary. So we'll get Wes back in here this weekend to break down some baseball. But uh, Will and I, and I am going to try to make it through this podcast. It's It's been a rough week for me. If, if you cannot already tell by my voice, I've been sick all week with some type of cold or flu or who knows these days what I've got. Uh, but we're, we're going to power through here and, and talk a little Hattiesburg Super Regional, Mr. Heflin. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Ben. A little better than you, man. I'm sorry you feel bad, but um, got to be excited for what's in front of us. Um, three o'clock tomorrow, show's on. And, um, you know, now that we've had time to to sink in and accept the fact that we aren't going to be playing in Lindsey Nelson this weekend, then it's just, it's uh, next task in front of us and, um what more can you ask for? It's going to be it's going to be a good environment. We've got a, a good baseball team playing well at the right time, and um, a chance to go to Omaha. So I'm uh, I'm sure I share kind of the same build up nerves and butterflies that the players do and the coaches do. But um, you know, I think I think these guys have a full fan base behind them, and uh, you know, people that are just hungry to watch them go play again because you know they're excited with with how the team's playing right now they got a lot of confidence they're playing clean baseball they're having timely hitting obviously um from the regional as well and uh we just hope it continues and ready to root them on as the week has progressed how have your feelings either changed or developed uh, about this weekend's matchup because i kind of look at it on paper and I, in ways, I think they're two similar teams, not necessarily from a personnel standpoint. Um, I think there's no question that Tennessee has the more natural talent, but natural talent doesn't win you baseball games. Southern Miss is here for a reason, and, and they have plenty of talent. But more so what I mean by they feel like similar teams is Southern Miss is very old and experienced, and they came up short in this very part of the tournament last year against Ole Miss and just like Tennessee came up short in the Super Regional I imagine that same motivation is going to be here this weekend on top of them wanting to survive in advance for their head coach Scott Barry who's in his final year 
and he announced on May 16th that uh, he was going to retire after the season. So uh, both sides have a ton of of things to play for, but both sides are, are really tapping into, you know, thinking back to last year and and dealing with that pain of of coming up short. So just in in terms of of that storyline, it seems like two programs in, in similar places trying to get back over the hump. Yeah, somebody's going to get it done this year um, and make the trip to Omaha, and then who knows what happens there. But, um, you know, I will say about a uh, Scott Berry team, I don't know him all that well um, as far as, you know, having watched them a ton. I've wa- I watched them a couple times early in the year, and then I watched them in the regional. One thing that he's kind of got the reputation for is just always having guys that that really play hard for him and and that he's such an inspiring coach. And that's how he's been able to build that program and keep it keep it there. They've always kind of had a good mix of just guys that are scrappy, maybe from the junior college ranks or, you know, guys that some would label blue collar, if you will. Um, but they've also got talent and they've got guys who can who can pitch it and bang the ball around the yard. Um, so they're a good team per usual. Nothing new there for me in terms of the series as the week's gone on. I think knowing that Tanner Hall is their guy and knowing that, you know, it's a three-game series, so each game has equal value. But with Tanner Hall probably going on Saturday and us throwing Andrew Lindsay, if we win that game, I'm not sure they can overcome um, being down 0-1 because we have so much more pitching depth. And, you know, if we beat their guy, then you got to feel really good where we're going to stand at. And, you know, from their side of things, it's like, okay, we have to find a way to win game one. And then you've got two shots to, to win a second game and go to Omaha. So, you know, you don't, you don't ever want to put too much, especially as a player, you're not going to put too much weight on one game. And certainly anything can happen, especially if you get it to that game three on Monday. But for me as an outsider, I have to think that the winner of game one is is just in the driver's seat especially because that's their their main guy and they've got good they've got good arms um behind him but he's really the leader of that staff and we just we have you know number one starter after number one starter number one reliever after number one reliever we're just so much deeper than them um on the pitching side so if we go out there and take game one then i think we're going to feel really really good about our chances to to win one of the next two and I'm really curious to see when Tanner Hall pitches because he did throw 123 pitches, I believe it was, in that game one on Friday of the Auburn Regional and then came back and threw, I don't know how many pitches he threw when he came back and pitched on Monday, but he did come back and throw again on Monday. So I almost think now to their benefit, the series is starting on Saturday, but I do wonder if they even give him an extra day and throw him on Sunday and then I know it, it's always an interesting conversation and, and it's probably personal flavor like do you want Tanner Hall if you're Southern Miss setting the tone for the weekend or do you want him pitching either to send you to Omaha or to save your season like I think you can make a case for for either or but this weekend I'll be interested to see and we're recording this on Friday morning the starting pitchers for game one have not yet been announced but I'll be curious to see if they do maybe slide him in to that game two role to give him an extra day's rest because he threw so much this past weekend. 
what what would you do? I know we're, we're on the outside looking in. We don't we're not super aware of Southern Miss's program like they are. But I almost think it would be smart to give him an extra day's rest. Yeah, I would be surprised if they did that. Um, it makes sense, but then you're kind of then you're kind of kicking yourself if you go out there and lose game one. Um, if they were to rest him one more day and win game one, then you look like a genius and you're in a great spot. But I just don't know how you can do that. I go back to to what I said before. You know, I don't know the exact percentage, but I think it's something like it's over 60%. If you win the first game, then you win the series um, from Super Regionals. And there's always a team that loses game one and comes back and, and wins the third game um, to, to take the series. But I just think that first game is so important, like any other weekend, but especially um, in Super Regionals when emotions are going to be high and it's going to feel like such a roller coaster and, and momentum swings that if you win the game one, then you're in such a driver's seat that it's almost hard to not throw your guy out there if you're Southern Miss. I, I completely agree. And Tennessee certainly has more pitching depth than Southern Miss, but Southern Miss has a couple of go-to arms. Uh, it looks like they will start Billy Oldham uh, in that game two. Assuming they start Tanner Hall game one, Billy Oldham will, will start game two. Uh, and then if there's a game three on Monday, uh, the thought is that it would be a guy named Matt Adams uh, the Billy Oldham guy I thought was interesting. Uh, apparently, he's more of a crafty pitcher than a guy who's just going to come at you with a, a ton of of great stuff. Uh, so that's an adjustment going from Tanner Hall to Billy Oldham that that Tennessee's offense will, will need to make. But then they have several uh, big arms out, out of the bullpen and, and really two main ones that that carry a, a bulk of the load and, and Justin Storm and, and Will Armistead you saw those two guys this past weekend in Auburn help them come out of the losers bracket uh, and then two other names that are, are key pieces out of that bullpen Kroos I hope I'm saying his name right K-R-O-S uh, Sively and uh, Nico Maza so those are kind of their seven main guys obviously Tennessee probably has double digit guys but the difference is in a in a best two out of three you don't have to have as many arms as Tennessee as long as your your main three four five guys are on point then you're probably going to be good to go yeah 100 percent um especially if one game gets away from you and you've got to kind of manage to to make sure you're in a good spot to win the next day if if something seems out of reach now if if the offense goes on a run and you get back into it then you you kind of make a decision there but you're right it's it's typically it's typically six or seven guys and frank anderson does this as well he and he and v um you get that core group that you trust and you got to roll with them right so we've got our three starters you know you're going to see burns you know you're going to see halverson you know you're going to see sewell you know you're going to see kirby um come get a lefty at some point and then outside of that you're you're basically managing to make sure you've got those guys for when you need them and that's and that's seven right there um but the thing is is that in the event of a 14 inning marathon in the event of a game that is back and forth or so offensive where you do have to end up using more guys we have such an advantage past that first seven guys and i think our first seven man for man is better than anybody, especially Southern Miss. 
But if you do get to 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, we're still better. And I think the gap even increases from our A.J. Russell to their ninth or 10th guy. You see what I'm saying? 1,000%. I mean, there, there's no questioning that. I did find, as I mentioned a moment ago, the, the Billy Oldham guy is is a pretty interesting storyline. Uh, I caught up with David Eckert of the Clarion Ledger. He's been He covers Ole Miss, but he also... Uh, because he's in the state of Mississippi, also covers Southern Miss, especially since Southern Miss has gone further uh, than Ole Miss here in the postseason. Uh, I caught up with him for a quick scouting report, just asking him some questions, and uh, it's published up on the site at GoVols247.com right now. Uh, but he was saying that Billy Odom, he's a crafty guy that they plucked from the Division three ranks this offseason, in part because of one of their relievers played summer ball with him and went to bat for him. So I thought that was very, very interesting. He won't blow you away, but he's been real solid. So uh, Tanner Hall is definitely the guy, and and that start will will not completely dictate how the series goes this weekend, but it's going to to <laughs> it's going to have a lot of say in how the the weekend goes. Either either or, it's either going to give. Southern Miss a ton of confidence if if they can win that start and it's also going to put a lot of pressure on Southern Miss if if Tennessee can can manage to to win that start as well offensively for Southern Miss uh, according to David Eckert the guy that I talked to who covers Southern Miss uh, he he said that a lot depends on kind of the power that Southern Miss's offense kind of goes as it as it hits homers or, or not uh, and lately it's been Dustin Dickerson who I believe plays shortstop for them uh, he hit four home runs last weekend in the regional, uh, and he's apparently been a big surprise because he had six uh, career home runs before this past weekend, uh, and he's been starting since that COVID season. Uh, but Slade Wilkes is the main power guy with 20 homers. Uh, and something that I found really interesting about Southern Miss's lineup, which will make it difficult on Tennessee's pitching this weekend, is that the bottom of Southern Miss's lineup has been a huge difference maker. Uh, and their catcher, Rodrigo Montin. Agro, I, I just completely yeah. butchered that last name, so I apologize for Rodrigo. Uh, but he's hitting 404 out of the nine hole, and then true freshman uh, second baseman Nick Montessier has been a, a big revelation, revelation for for them as well. So there's some bats in that Southern Miss lineup that can do damage as well. They are they're they're one through nine, but so are we as of late. You know, I touched on touched on Christian Scott and Cal Stark getting that inning started for us um, against Charlotte and. You know, pretty much every team has to have constant pressure and have be, you know, clicking off cylinders or whatever clear term you want to say at this time of year. Because um, if you if you just give away innings and and you know you only got twenty seven to work with and you can't put Christian Moore in the box every single at bat, um, so it, it takes the full effort. And Southern Miss certainly had certainly had a lot of pressure that they needed to put on a good pin pitching staff. Um, and then they did that and were able to force force game three. And then we at that point you kind of saw um you kind of saw him just be a little bit too much for Penn to hand for Penn to handle. Um but yeah, I mean they're kind of like I said earlier, they're kind of a scrappy bunch. Um that's kind of their persona as a as a program. And so their their hitting approach at the plate reflects that. They just don't give away at bats. They try to find a way on base. Um and they 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 obviously hit for power when they do get those guys on base. So you kind of have to be um, 
the reverse of opportunistic as a pitcher and and minimize as quickly as possible when they do um, get a couple runners on base. But, you know, I think we can go punch for punch with anybody in terms of the power category. So um, their park does play a little bit offensive, um, which I think is fine. It's nothing new for us. Clemson was very was very offensive park and certainly the ball will go out of Lindsey Nelson if you hit it on the sweet spot. So, um, you know, I think, I think it's a good matchup overall for us. Um, the, uh, the lineup doesn't pop out at you with a Jack Caglione or, or anybody that, you know, is a, is a surefire first round draft pick, but they have nine hitters who are competitive and, and will definitely make you work for each out. Yeah. This weekend to me, kind of boils down to to three things. The Tanner Hall start, as we said, one way or another. Does it go in Southern Miss's favor? Does it go in Tennessee's favor? And then the other two things, the weather, the weather forecast does not look good. And, you know, these these teams each have a turf field and Tennessee is certainly used to to navigating the weather. But more so what I mean by the weather, and and as of right now, my phone is saying 40% chance of thunderstorms on Saturday, 50% chance on Sunday, 60% chance on Monday. So according to my phone, which take it with a grain of salt, it is a weather projection on, on Apple, but at some point it looks like the weather may be a factor. And when does the weather set in? It, does it delay first pitch? If if it delays first pitch and, and that's the only implication it has, then I don't think it's really going to have a huge effect on the weekend. But if that one hour, two hour, three hour weather delay happens in the second, third, fourth inning and Southern Miss can't bring Tanner Hall back into the game or Tennessee can't bring Andrew Lindsay or Chase Dolander or Chase Burns or, or whoever back into the game, then how does the pitching depth of each of those teams perform and likely whoever's pitching depth uh, does better facing those circumstances and, and kind of being thrown into the fire unexpectedly will probably have a, a huge say in, in who wins this weekend. So I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the weather and then also the crowd. It's going to be an electric atmosphere this weekend. I mean, it, it's going to be up there with SEC environments, just as good, if not better. And I, I'm not really worried about Tennessee because they, they've handled these environments all year long. Now, more recently, they've started to handle them better, but they've played in them all year long. I guess I should say they played in it at LSU. They played in it at Arkansas. They played in it at South Carolina. SEC tournament, even though it was kind of a, a Tuesday and weren't a ton of fans and, and the weather sucked, but it was still the SEC tournament vibes going on. Uh, and then this past weekend at Clemson. So uh, I expect Tennessee to handle the crowd well, but it's going to be rowdy. And I think because of some of the, the narratives that, that are coming out of Knoxville this weekend and, and kind of everybody looking down on Hattiesburg, I think there's going to be some extra piss and vinegar in the air as, as well. So uh, I expect Tennessee to handle it well, but it's something they have to make sure that they do handle well. Yeah, Vol Nation certainly, uh, certainly, certainly never shies away from getting in the fight um, well before the game starts. So, you know, no surprise there that we've we've uh, found a way to make Southern Miss feel like an arch nemesis, um, even though we don't play them that often. Uh, but you gotta love that, and it is gonna be it is gonna be rowdy, and they may have a little bit of extra juice behind them because it's Tennessee, and um, 
that's what you sign up for when you when you get in the super regionals and and when you play baseball at a high level like these guys do. Um, so you got to be ready for that. One one key for me, and I know there's 27 outs and in nine innings, but Maui Ahuna to start the game can be such a table setter because you know you're going to be on the road, so you're going to hit first. Um, just any environment, whether it's whether it's in Knoxville at home and a big sold out crowd, whether it's in Hoover and they do the flyover, or whether it's in Southern Miss, when they're singing the national anthem and everybody's standing there, those knees start to shake, man. There's nerves and you cannot avoid it. You got to take it and run with it. And I'm saying this in a roundabout way. We've seen Maui take some big swings early to start a game um, because he is so amped up, right? I think he can tell us a lot about where this team is at based on that very first at-bat. If you see Maui Ahuna go backside single or stay through a baseball to lead off the game, it's kind of like a deep breath, okay, we're here. And I'm not saying he has to get a hit. Heck, he could strike out and then Inslee, Dickey, Simo all go, you know, bang, 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 and we're on the board. But I will say what I would love to see out of Maui, and I may be foreshadowing my pick-to-click this weekend, is just – be the guy at the top of the lineup to give us quality at bats from the jump because we saw in their regional all but the last game, the team that scored first won. In our games, we scored for first in all three. Even though we gave up to the lead to Clemson and Trump for too late, we did score first. And I just think that's so important because, you know, it's kind of similar to football and Josh Heupel's offense was so good about this. Like, Think about the LSU game. We were on their throat before they could even breathe. Like it was 11 a.m. Central. The fans couldn't even settle in and it was 17 nothing balls. You know what I mean? If we can go in there and punch them in the mouth and punch Tanner Hall in the face, either first inning, second inning, whatever it may be, just apply pressure from first pitch, then I think we're going to be in a really good spot. So I, I know it's really hard as a, as a leadoff hitter to not have the, you know, he's been playing this at bat in his head. All weekend. So I don't want to, you know, say, hey, it's all on you. If you don't get a hit, we're going to lose the series. Like, no, it's one at bat. But I just think it can kind of show you where the team's at. Um, if from first pitch, he's just locked in under control and gives us something really quality out of the gate. Does, do you think that's fair or am I kind of, you know, putting too much on the guy? No, I, I think that's uh, totally fair. Um, I, I, when you said Maui and, and kind of described what, what you're thinking, I, I, I thought back to the LSU series, and I believe it was game two when he led off the game with a solo home run. And I know Tennessee ended up losing that game uh, when he led off the game with a home run, but it, it kind of set the tone that previous night, that previous game, you, you kind of lost in disheartening fashion. And it, it was it was a very frustrating loss. And, and you come back the next day, and you're, you're thinking, okay, well, what needs to change so that – Tennessee can can get over the hump in this game and and I know again I know Tennessee went on to lose that game but it kind of gave Tennessee a sense of okay we're back in the fight and, and although although we lost that first game we are very capable of of winning this game so uh Maui can certainly be a, a table setter for, for this team and, and and I agree with you and, and I'm excited to to get into our our picks for for clicks or picks to clicks 
but first, before we get into that, we do need to take a break here on the Diamond Vols podcast on GoVols247.com. So we'll be back here in just a moment. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back into the Diamond Vols podcast on GoVols247.com. I am Ben McKee, joined by former Tennessee pitcher Will Heflin, who is once again filling in for the great Wes Rucker, who is enjoying his anniversary. With his lovely wife, Lauren. So happy anniversary to those two. And we'll get Wes back on the podcast here in a couple of days, not in a couple of days, throughout the weekend, I should say, uh, as we uh, discuss and record some postgame pods uh, this weekend, depending on how Tennessee baseball does. Uh, but before we get back into the conversation, would like to encourage you to go like, rate, and review the podcast. That would greatly appreciate us. Wherever you get your podcast, just a simple like, rate, and review uh, would do us a ton of good. Uh, Will sounds like Tennessee is uh, the favorite this weekend, which is not a not a huge surprise, uh, but also I think this may be a little more surprising. And and this is a point that I wanted to hammer home earlier. Like Southern Miss, please, 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 folks. This is not Tennessee football playing Southern Miss football. This is not Tennessee basketball playing Southern Miss basketball. Southern Miss baseball is a legitimate program and a legitimate team. Uh, Should Tennessee win this weekend? Yes. And I'm not trying to make an excuse for Tennessee if they were to lose, but just trying to really emphasize that you should not be looking at the brand name. Uh, of Southern Miss. Uh, the brand name of Southern Miss baseball is much different than 
the the rest of Southern Miss athletics. And and that's no disrespect to Southern Miss football and Southern Miss basketball. Southern Miss football has has certainly been successful at times, but under Scott Barry, Southern Miss baseball has been tremendous. And yes, Tennessee should win this weekend, uh, but it's going to be a, a very, very difficult challenge. And this Southern Miss baseball team to me will is just as good, if not better than a lot of SEC baseball teams. And it's going to be a heck of a challenge for Tennessee this weekend, not only from an environment standpoint, but just from a a a sheer going up against the Southern Miss baseball team and what they have on its roster standpoint. And and although Tennessee's the favorite, it seems like the betting lines agree with that as well. Yeah, the uh, the odds makers certainly didn't agree with the committee um, on these two teams. Now it is short short favorites. I believe it opened at minus one thirty on the money line for Tennessee being favored Southern Miss at a even plus 100. Um, it's a little more steep for the series. I think, I think you see that first, first game line be a little bit tighter just because of Tanner Hall. Um, so I would guess that on Sunday, Tennessee will be much more expensive. Um, but this time of year, all bets are off. No pun intended. Um, it's postseason baseball and, um, you you might as well it, it's kind of like it's kind of like basketball where you just you really never know um but i will say it's also kind of like basketball in where the teams that are the hottest and have the most talent typically win um look at yukon um basketball who seemed to they were they were a top 5 team early in the year kind of struggled got hot late and then just ran the table in the college basketball tournament so you know, Tennessee, along with uh, TCU, are kind of my two where I think, okay, yes, they're talented, but they had some struggles and are playing their best baseball right now. And also, um, the number one overall seed, Wake Forest, is playing playing really good baseball right now. But they've they've kind of been they've kind of been steady Eddie in that they were they were very consistent all year and are just an overall a stacked baseball team. Um, but in in terms of our series. I think, you know, the odds makers think Tennessee should handle business, um, but they also think that it'll be a tightly contested contest. And when you see a line like that, then it can pretty much go either way. And and we're going to come back and talk about some of the other series going on around the country before we get out of here. But did want to talk on some talking points that we teased earlier in the week when we recorded our reaction pod to Tennessee going to Southern Miss. Uh, and these were talking points that you wanted to discuss coming out of the weekend at Clemson. And we somewhat touched on it on Tuesday, I guess it was, uh, Tennessee facing uh, lefties on the mound. And uh, they did struggle against Caden Grice of Clemson. But to your point, you texted me this. That's now four straight games facing a lefty starter. And Tennessee has done mostly well, maybe a mixed bag of results. I know you had the the game against A&M thrown in there as well. Uh, but what do you think Southern Miss's approach will be uh, this weekend in terms of obviously they're going with Tanner Hall and he's a righty. But when Tanner Hall's not on the bump and, and they have their list of guys that they that they go to like we saw or like we discussed during the first segment. But do you think that maybe Tennessee has had enough success in recent weeks against lefties outside of Caden Grice uh, that 
maybe that scouting report is kind of squashed or, or do you think if if Southern Miss is is tapping into its pitching depth then maybe they're going to go to the lefty even if he doesn't have as good of a set of numbers as as maybe a righty that they would ordinarily go to yeah I don't think it's totally squashed um and it is dependent on the team like Texas A&M has a whole crop of lefties. Like they were going to throw lefties regardless of whether or not it was Tennessee. Um, in my opinion, and you saw them, you know, they basically went through the whole SEC tournament, just rolling lefty after lefty. Um, but in terms of Southern Miss, I think they will go back to a more traditional, like maybe a little bit less, um, hey, we're going to force a lefty out there and just go with the guy that they think is best for that spot based on themselves rather than what's the best matchup for Tennessee. Cause ultimately you have to, you have to put your best foot forward. Um, it's, it's sometimes less about X's and O's in baseball than it is about Jimmy's and Joe's. Like, you know, in football, there's a clear scheme headed into a week, right? If a team doesn't face the blitz well, but you're not really a blitzing team, well, you got to suck it up and be a blitzing team that week because that's just, that's, it's such a, a technical X's and O's strategy type game. Baseball is more Jimmy's and Joe's. Throw your best, throw your best uh, guy out there at him and live with the results. And I think we'll see that a little bit. Um, maybe a matchup here and there. If, if they may, they may put a, a lefty in. If a guy's struggling and you've got Blake Burke or uh, Maui or Dickey coming up, um, or maybe even C Scott. You might see that, but I think ultimately they're going to have to, they're going to have to use their, their arms out of the pen and more like a traditional three game series. Um, and just go with the best bolt that they have at that given time. Um, and I think if Tennessee had really struggled with both of Charlotte's lefties, um, I think Caden Grice, you can kind of throw out the window. He's an ace. He's their guy. He's pitched a, really there, well against there's a, lot a difference. Of there's a difference in the two lefties that Charlotte threw and Caden Grice. There's a huge there's a huge difference. And I don't think Southern Miss has a Caden Grice, no disrespect to them, um, from the left side. So I think you kind of gotta maybe the more I'm talking about it, then I'm convincing myself that their narrative is squashed. Um so may- maybe we'll just see exactly what they would have done anyways and not really not really you know play to Tennessee as much but rather just just play their play their arms the way they normally do right like Caden Grice he was dominant against Tennessee because he's Caden Grice not because he was a lefty right like Tennessee struggled against him and this is something that people who are somewhat new to baseball get confused about when they see guys taking pitches down the middle for strike three or or really at any point or, or chasing pitches is like Tennessee's hitters were anticipating the breaking ball so much and looking for that slider, especially on lefty on lefty, that it freezes them up. They they are tied up mentally to where when they see that fastball, they're they're not reacting the way that they ordinarily would react because they're in a sense selling out for the the breaking ball, and that's what they're looking for. And so it looks like the guy is up there, not competing, not trying, not giving effort. Right? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. How easy it is when 
a team's not playing well. Oh, it's effort. It's this. It's that. No, it's it's not that. It's that they're facing a really good pitcher. And as a hitter, you're looking for a certain pitch in a certain spot. And when you're so focused on trying to prepare for that pitch, you get locked up mentally and don't react like you ordinarily would to the other pitches. And that's why you see guys looking at pitches down the middle, uh, essentially, or, or looking at pitches in, in the strike zone. And that's what Caden Grice was doing to Tennessee. It's not that he had success simply because he was a lefty. That obviously plays a role. Lefties are are difficult to face, as you know, Mr. Heflin, Mr. Mr. Southpaw. Uh, but <laughs> it's not an effort issue. It's that that performance was more about Caden Grice than about Tennessee. And it's really as simple as that. 100%. And you can you can lock yourself up so quickly in baseball. Coach V's term for it is um, is too many minds, meaning that if you were thinking about too many things, you're not thinking about anything, and it just doesn't work well for you. Um, so I think it. I think a good you know phrase to to learn from that would just be less is more. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who you're facing. You just got to go up there with the same competitive a- approach, and uh, you know when you do get to to two strike mode you got a battle and i think i think we saw him do a, a much better job of that later in the clemson game and also on uh on sunday against charlotte so look for that to continue tanner hall certainly a guy who will um who will take advantage he he said this in his presser yesterday he will take advantage of overzealous hitters um so i think you know less is more maybe the mantra for for the offense this week and just take what's given to you Maybe it's driving the ball the other way. Maybe it's jumping on on the first good one you see. Um, but just oversimplifying at this time of year can be a really good strategy um, when you're when you're you know at that heightened sense of competition. What should a what should a hitter's approach be to not become overzealous? And for for those who for for the diehard Tennessee baseball fans, they remember Will Heflin, the two way player. The the Mister Right Fielder and and the lefty out of the bullpen when when he was a youngster playing for the Vols. So Mister Heflin, I I do remember has some SEC at bats under his belt in his career. So what 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 do Tennessee's hitters need to do to not be overzealous in the box against Tanner Hall? Well, there's a reason I didn't hit anymore uh, later <laughs> on. So maybe they don't need any advice from me, but. No, I, I was a good hitter. I think really one of my main problems was was vision. I could not see spin for the life of me, and I I wear contacts, and it I still change ups give me nightmares. But now I think I think the biggest thing for a guy like that is you got to get something in your shorts, and by that I mean from the knees to the waist. You got to um, look for something that's that starts more down. If you go chasing up. Um, then he's he's gonna fool you with that with that sinker and and you're gonna be on top of everything. So if you get if you get something in the shorts and stay in your legs, um, that's kind of the mechanical thought process. Um, from a mental standpoint, I think if you're if you're thinking uh, left center as a left-handed hitter or right center as a right-handed hitter, working through the middle of the field, then you're gonna be you're gonna be on time for whatever pitch you see. If you've got a fastball away. You can punch it to the opposite field, and if you get if you get a curveball or a changeup um, over the plate, then you can get extended on it and pull it. And that's way easier said than done. Um, but one of the best things about Coach Elander, and he was a, a way better hitter than me, um, and a darn good hitter in his own right. Um, 
played at a very high level in, in minor league baseball and kind of dealt with some injuries, but he a lot of runs at TCU. He keeps it very simple um, and throws so much batting practice and give these gives these guys so many reps. And he's always been good about not getting in their way almost. He almost teaches a little bit less than you would just think as, you know, a college coach who has so much knowledge. He's a big believer in his recruits and the talent that they possess. So he just wants to capitalize on that. Um, so that simple approach and just trust in your hand and all the work that you've put in throughout the season and in the fall will pay off. And if you just let, let things happen and be yourself, then good things will happen. Maybe not that at bat, but at some point in the game or the series, um, if you go up there with a, with a consistent and, and competitive approach, then eventually you're going to find a hole or square up a baseball and it's going to go out of the, out of the yard. So I think it's really as simple as that. Um, way easier said than done, which is why I'm saying if Maui can get us off to a good start, um, then I think it'll help the rest of the lineup kind of settle in and, and get in the box and, and be hungry to, uh, to move a guy over or drive a guy in without, without trying to, you know, hit an eight run home run with nobody on base. Yeah. And look at Christian Moore. Uh, as somebody who was not overzealous this past weekend. We talked about it uh, coming out of the weekend. All but one of his hits last weekend were to the opposite field, which tells you all you need to know about just how locked in he was. Hitters are so locked in. You can tell that they're so locked in when they're going the opposite way, and, and Christian Moore did that time and time again. And And one thing that stood out to me that you were saying about Josh Elander that I've picked up on, I think somebody maybe said it in, in a media media availability at one point, or, or maybe somebody said it in a side conversation to me, but Elander tries to strike you out when, when he's throwing BP to you. He, he's not up there just tossing you literally BP for the sake of tossing you BP. Like He's up there trying to get his guys to, to be at the best of their ability in the cages by striking them out and, and throwing them all sorts of uh, different pitches. So uh, that's an interesting tidbit that, that I picked up on uh, over my time of, of covering Tennessee baseball. Uh, getting into kind of what needs to go right for, for Tennessee this weekend, we'll, we'll talk about our picks to click here in, in just a moment. Uh, but one big picture thing that has to go well for Tennessee this weekend, they have to play – the level of defense that it played last weekend. Uh, to me, that is ultimately why Tennessee swept the Clemson Regional, is the fact that they made zero errors in three games, uh, and, and really it was zero errors in three-and-a-half games because that Clemson game went to 14 innings. They played defense at an elite level, and, and it wasn't making the the sliding catch that puts you in – on Sports Center's top ten plays, it was making the routine plays at a high level, and that's something that Tony Vitello talks about all the time. Is yes, the 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 highlight plays on Sports Center, those are great, but can you make the ordinary plays, the routine plays, at a high level consistently? And in this environment, this weekend, you cannot give Southern Miss extra outs you cannot give them extra base runners you cannot extend innings i'm not saying that you have to have zero errors all weekend long like the at the end of the day these are amateur baseball players these are young young guys like they're they're not playing perfect baseball at the college level uh, like they did last weekend last weekend was more of an outlier but it needs to be closer to that than what it was at the beginning of the season and, and to me that that's going to 
be a huge difference in, in whether Tennessee walks out of this weekend and punches its ticket to Omaha or not. Yeah, and for me, it's literally just the opposite um, on the offensive side. So Southern Miss has um, actually in conference play, they average just over an error a game. So based on the history, they will make an error. And I think for us offensively, um, the key is to be opportunistic to those errors. When we get uh, a leadoff walk or they make an error, then we really need to need to put the foot on the throat or however you want to say it and take advantage of, of those opportunities. And we will do that on this week. But I think we're going to have some, some opportunities this weekend where maybe they make an error or, you know, we just get we just get something handed to us a little bit and we need to take it and run with it. Um, you know, other than that, you, it's not even the same team as far as uh, early in the year. So I, I don't know if we'll go there free, but I do feel confident that the defense will will play solid and give us a chance to win. From a pitching side, just do your thing. Do exactly what you've been doing. Um, you know, guys that are coming out of the pen, whether it's Burns, Halvey, Sewell, Kirby, make a pitch at the time that you need to make it to get us a ground ball, get us out of the inning. If we need a strikeout, go get us a strikeout. And then starting pitching, just get us in the fight early, get us in the game, maybe hang a couple zeros um, and try to extend and get deep. And I think if if we experience that and are, are opportunistic on offense, then we're going to come away with a, with a series win. Um, you almost got to oversimplify this time of year because like I said, all bets are off. Every team is good. Anything can happen. But, you know, I will say um, I already kind of gave away my pick for, for the hitting side being Maui. Um, I think he's going to have a good weekend. I saw some good things from him last weekend. Um, he's playing really good in the field, and I think that's, you know, uh, certainly a huge part of his game and certainly huge for the team. Um, but I think he comes up with some with some hits for us offensively. Um, at a good time, maybe he runs into one and gets it out of the yard. Maybe he hits a, a one hopper through the six hole. That's a good backside swing. Whatever it may be, my pick is Maui Ahuna. Um, from the pitching side, I'm going to kind of steal one from Coach V. He talked about it yesterday in his presser. Camden Sewell is his guy. And, uh, you know, it's hard to argue with that. He's certainly my guy as well. Got to play with him for several years. And, uh, I just think there's going to be some point over the weekend, whether it's uh, tomorrow or Sunday, Monday, if needed, Sewell's going to be in in a big spot. And, you know, Coach V kind of said when it when it's a guy you trust like that and he has gone through it with you on and off the field and you have full trust in him, then you kind of just put your arms back and say, you know, I'm good with whatever happens. And I'll kind of be in that same boat when Sewell's on the mound and, He's fun to watch because he bounces around and he's got a lot of energy and he just has that demeanor for this time of year. Um, and he's always thrown well in regionals and Hoover and super regionals and he threw well in Omaha. So that's, that's my guy this weekend. And, um, you know, hopefully he makes me look smart. <laughs> now to, to give a definition for your pick to click is, is this a guy that's maybe not like, struggling super hardcore but maybe a guy that hasn't completely been themselves of late and you think they're going to bust out or or do you think it's a guy that it, like this guy has to perform well in order for Tennessee to win this weekend what, what's your definition of a definition of a pick to click 
nah, I was I was uh very pleased with both of their outings in the regional. So you can pick Andrew Lindsay and Christian Moore if you want. I was trying to I was just trying to mix up a little bit and pick two guys that are certainly key pieces, but you know, weren't obviously scorching, scorching hot, lighting up the stat sheet. But um, you know, Sewell gave us a good outing on on Sunday to put the icing on the cake and send us to supers and and Maui definitely contributed both with the glove and at times with the bat. So I just think he'll um I just think he'll continue that defensively and I think he we see an increase of offensive production this weekend because he's kind of due to to square up a ball and run it out of the yard or or hit a big double at at a time we need it. I mean, he was on base a decent amount in the regional. I I'm certainly have no complaints with how he hit. I just think he's going to really bust out this weekend. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I I think the the narrative from the fans when it comes to Maui Ahuna is, is a little ridiculous and quite exaggerated. The guy has been a vacuum at shortstop since midway through conference play since that Vanderbilt series and uh, Tennessee is not where they are today uh, w- without Maui Ahuna and I know he strikes out a ton that's something he's going to have to fix in pro ball there's no doubt about that he's not a true leadoff hitter uh, but I think the bigger issue that Tennessee doesn't have a true leadoff hitter and he's kind of been forced into that role uh, but you, you look at his doubles his on-base percentage, his walks, his batting average, they're all up towards the top of the team. And people act as if he should not be on the field, and that's a bit ridiculous. So I, I, I like those picks for sure. I'm going with Jared Dickey and Chase Dolander. I think those are two guys that were, were fine last weekend but weren't quite themselves uh, in the same realm. Uh, Jared Dickey had the great throw from left field to, to save a run in that final game of the Clemson Regional. Uh, and, and he was productive at the plate, but uh, also didn't have a, a ton of hits. Uh, and I, I wondered if, if that shoulder was maybe bothering him. And he also got hit by a pitch on the hand there as well. So I, I wonder if that was bugging him as well. But kind of like Christian Moore, you know, Dickey always comes up in, in a critical situation, uh, always with runners on base. He is he's Tennessee's most complete hitter. And if if Tennessee is going to to really, really do something of significance this postseason, quite frankly, they need a big weekend from Jared. And, and he's more than capable of, of doing that. So I, I'm expecting big things from Jared Dickey. He's a professional hitter. And I think he's going to have a, a big weekend against the pitching staff that Tanner Hall's good. But correct me if I'm wrong. It's not like he has overpowering stuff. He, he's just kind of a veteran that that knows how to pitch at, at this level. And I expect him to, to take advantage of that and against the rest of Southern Miss's pitching staff. And then on the mound, kind of along the same thought process, Southern Miss has a bunch of good hitters, but they don't have an LSU or Florida type of lineup. And Chase Dolander, I, I think he's due for a big outing. He had the one at South Carolina and wasn't in tip top shape uh, against uh, Clemson, but he also wasn't bad uh, as well. And I think he's a guy that's really just knocking at the door of of really clicking. And I think that uh, in this environment this weekend uh, against the Southern Miss lineup that is good, but not great, I, I think he can really have success. So I'm going with Jared Dickey and Chase Dolander this weekend. Yeah, I like those two a lot. If If Dolly can get in a rhythm and you can kind of tell when he's in that rhythm, he can make a good lineup look really bad for a really long time. So I see what you're saying where he kind of hasn't had that just dominating outing. 
And we don't necessarily need that, but boy, if we get it, I'm not going to complain. Um, I mean, he's, he does, he's got the type of stuff and he throws almost so effortlessly that you can blink and he'll be in the seventh with 12 to 15 punches. And it's kind of like, well, sorry, you ran into this today. You didn't really have a chance. Um, and from the first time we ever saw him, he was actually, you know, a freshman at Georgia Southern faced us in that opening series um in Statesboro and our coaches were just like this guy is electric and he kind of tripped us up for a while and it was his first collegiate outing and you could kind of you could just see it then the ball was coming out of his hand differently than than everybody else it's just it was different it it, it either spins like crazy or carries or whatever data analytic you know baseball term you want to use the guy just throws an electric fastball and he can tunnel his off speed out of that. So when he gets going, um, it can be really scary. And then Dickie for me is, is kind of the leader of the train. And, uh, when he's going, then everything else kind of seems to take care of itself, but he's just got that personality. He's infectious. And I love that pick for sure. I thought he hit the ball really well. He was kind of like Garrett or Griffin Merritt, Garrett G Merritt when he uh, squared a few up right at people, I saw Dickie hit a, a, an absolute seed to left that got caught. And then I think one to center in one of the games. So he did have like three hits in the first game. So it certainly wasn't a bad weekend, but you're right. We didn't see him, you know, hit a homer or have a bases clearing double or anything like that. But, you know, we don't necessarily need that. He's got guys behind him that can do it. Just keep doing what he's doing. And he may run into one, hopefully when, uh when Maui's standing on second after a double or something. Before we get out of here, what what are you keeping an eye on this weekend? We've already got baseball underway as we wrap up this podcast at noon. Coastal Carolina uh, and Duke are underway. That'll be a really fun. Wake. Or Duke and Virginia. I'm sorry. Virginia. Duke and, Virginia. Yeah, Duke yeah. and Virginia. Uh, Coastal got eliminated. What am I talking about? Uh, today's game's on Friday. TCU, Indiana State at 5 o'clock. South Carolina, Florida. At six o'clock, or Roberts in Oregon at eight, uh, and then everybody's playing on Saturday. But the other super regionals is Alabama at Wake Forest, Kentucky at LSU, Tennessee at Southern Miss, and Texas at Stanford. So, what are you keeping an eye on? I know you'll be watching it all, but what are some of the ones that that stand out to you this weekend? Yeah, I think Virginia's playing their best baseball right now. They looked really good in their regional. I watched them against Army and absolutely curb stomped them. Um, Oral Roberts is kind of my upset to watch. They're, you know, they're a four seed, if I'm not mistaken, going up to Oregon. I think they have a decent chance to win that series. Florida-South Carolina is really a heavyweight battle. I know South Carolina didn't get that top eight seed, but they were in the top ten the majority of the year and got really banged up. They're getting back healthy, playing playing their best baseball right now. Um, but the main one for me is TCU, man. They are scorching hot. They won their conference tournament. They went into Bomb Stadium, which is arguably the hardest place to win in college baseball, and ran through that series or that regional, um, taking down the Hogs, who I know Tennessee fans are not not uh, dissatisfied to see watching at home. Um, but TCU is just really knocking the cover off the ball right now, and I think they could – they could certainly make it to Omaha and make some noise when they get there. Um, so those are kind of the ones I have my eye on. I would expect Wake to handle business, but wouldn't it be crazy? And I know it's hard as a Tennessee fan to be like, I kind of want Alabama to win. Um, 
But just what they went through, you feel for their team, right? Like what they went through, their scumbag coach does something that's just absolutely egregious. And you can't even fathom that he would do something like that. And then the team gets hot and goes to supers for their, for the first time in over a decade. And it's just like, wouldn't that be fitting to kind of stick it to that guy and go to Omaha when he's sitting there betting against us? I just, I, I don't know. You know, Wake is, is certainly one of the most built rosters in the country and they're playing good baseball and they've got starting pitching and relievers out, out the behind and a really good, um, bullpen, but it's kind of like Alabama may have a little bit of, little bit of magic on their side. You just never know. Um, so, you know, I'll say it and I won't apologize for it. I'm rooting for Alabama, uh, as far as they go until they run into Tennessee. I'd hate to hear about it from their fans, but just feeling for their roster and their group of guys, I kind of want to see them maybe upset and, and make a little noise in Omaha. Why not? <laughs> now, I, I went to high school in Huntsville, Alabama, and went to community college for two years in Alabama and still have a lot of friends there. So I, I will not be rooting for Alabama, uh, but I I certainly agree with with your your concept. I, I do feel bad for those players. Uh, you you got to kind of I don't know how you couldn't feel bad for, for the players. At the end of the day, the, these are young men who sign up to to play for somebody who is supposed to help you know, guide them in life and, and develop them as father figure. Right. And and, I mean, what's literally betting against them. So I I certainly sympathize for them and just hate the the uniform that they wear, but that'll be a fun series. Them and wake forest, Uh, the, the sec rematches between Florida and South Carolina, Kentucky and LSU. Those will be really fun. And uh, if Tennessee were to make it out of, of this weekend's regional in Hattiesburg, They'd be facing the winner of Kentucky and LSU and Omaha. And listen, you want to face Kentucky because if it's LSU, you're facing Paul Skeen's game one in Omaha. Yeah, I mean, you if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. But let's not uh let's not kid ourselves. Kentucky's a more winnable game than than Paul Skeen's at LSU. Now, if it's anybody, and if it's anybody after him, then I'm like, all right, here we go. You know, because yep. they've been very suspect behind him, but. Yeah, um, that's going to be tough to get out of Alex Box, you know, assuming they'll go down in the series 1-0 if Paul Skeens handles, handles business. But, you know, they, they played three crazy games earlier in the year at Alex Box. Kentucky did. Um, and they, they kind of have just a weird team. Like, you're not really sure how they're good, but they just are. So we'll see. Same with South Carolina. I, I think Florida will, will bounce back. They got swept by South Carolina in Columbia earlier this year. Uh, this one in Gainesville, but and I think Florida will make it out of the Gainesville Super Regional. But that South Carolina team, I was kind of down on them, and then they go and dominate the the Columbia Regional last weekend. So I'll be curious to see how that one plays out as well. You you have any quick thoughts on that one? Uh, yeah, they're they're just getting healthy at the right time. I think they're showing us more what they are um, as opposed to the the struggles that they had while they were super unhealthy. Yeah, I I agree. So it'll be a fun weekend of baseball. I know all eyes of Tennessee fans will be on Hattiesburg, Mississippi, where I will be this weekend to give complete coverage of GoVols247.com. And Wes Rucker will obviously help with that coverage as well. And we'll get Wes and Will in here this weekend to have some post-game podcasts and the game starts at three o'clock, so we'll have an, a little extra time to, to spare as well, which will 
uh, be nice. But, Will, it'll be a fun weekend, hostile environment, and uh, a trip to Omaha on the line. So I know you're looking forward to watching as much as I am. Yes, sir. Let's handle it. Go Vols. He's Will Heflin. I'm Ben McKee. This has been another edition of the Diamond Vols podcast on GoVols247.com. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the GoVols247 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think falls fans will find interesting. Uh, but if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. 
It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.